Welcome back, PGO fans, to another episode of the Post Game Overtime Podcast. I'm Brandon, joined as always with Will. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing sexy. I'm doing good. We're back at it. Look at us being consistent. Look I at know, us right? a, a couple of consistent Karens. I, I, I tried to think of alliteration. <laughs> consistent Connies. I don't know. That one kind of works. Consistent yeah, works Connie's a got bit. a little ring to it. Got a bit of a ring to it. That's a title right there for it. Consistent Connie's? Ooh. All right. Yeah, dude. You just made that so much easier. Or Tuesday, man, we you've got been a... killing it on the titles. You've been parlay royalty last week. That's a or last earlier this week. See, that's crazy. We can say earlier this week on the podcast. Yeah. Are we pumping out two a week now? Is that a thing? I mean, if we're consistent Connie's, I don't see why not. I don't see, and we say that now, and we won't post again for another month. Folks, <laughs> it's been a good run. I think we're quitting the podcast. Yeah, our days are numbered. Our days are numbered. Our days are numbered. We're, we're going to get taken off the air. By who? I'm not sure yet. What Maybe what by, the ghost been, of, by the ghost of Antonio Brown. I don't know. It's been a good ride. Hey, yeah. speaking of ride, PGO, let's ride. Um, yeah. Let's ride, baby. A little bit of CFL, NFL, got the double football episode coming at you. We're doing a little Canadian, little American, little uh, little bit of action coming at you. Uh, do we want to start yeah. off with some CFL news? Yeah, let's do it. Um, we got the Grey Cup who's listened, Yeah, for anyone who listened to the last one, we kind of touched on the Grey Cup matchup coming up here. Um, the 110th Grey Cup, I might add, which is taking place in Hamilton. Uh, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and the Montreal Alouettes kind of a almost it kind of feels almost like a David and Goliath type matchup. Like it's really one of those matchups where honestly, very similar to the Stanley Cup this past year. I mean, you've got the dominant Vegas Golden Knights against this underdog scrappy Florida team. And it's basically kind of feels like what this is. There's a very clear clear favorite and a very clear underdog but i think the underdogs could could potentially surprise some people a little underdog action <laughs> dude the philadelphia eagles always the underdog apparently always the under actually i think the chiefs are the underdog this year anyway damn how um, quickly you turned Buddy, I turn on the daily. Do you not see how quickly I turned on Mac Jones? Don't call me a loyal actually, fan yeah. ever. Yeah, Just kidding. Actually, you, I am a loyal fan. You fought hard for for Mac Jones, I will say, for like the longest time. And like, understandably, you've just had enough and no one blames you. I, I, it's, it's been tough. It's been tough is what I'm going to say. Now I'm not I'm not gonna get because everyone everyone loves to see Patriots fans be sad because they're like oh you had fucking yeah twenty years of success and it's like you know what twenty one would have been nice twenty two even better twenty five thirty is that too much to ask for is never having a losing team is that too much to ask for <laughs> is always being the big I'm dick a, of the division I'm a Cardinals fan so I don't I don't know what that's like I don't know being a good team for two seasons in a row feels like you'll get there one day um little cfl news right out of the gun so last week when we were talking about it you you were right in that it's a david and goliath but i think the people might be taking david in this one last time we spoke yeah the spread was set at minus 10 or 10 so winnipeg was the minus 10 favorite here that has been dropped down to eight and a half now so the line has moved as we've gotten only two days later, two days later, the line has moved a point and a half. Do you have any thoughts or feelings on that, Brandon? Um, I'm, I mean, I'm, I don't think it's crazy. I think if you look at the way that, I mean, like we talked about last time, Montreal's offense isn't, you know, this dominant lead offense that can carry the team. They're, I think they're really more going to have to be carried by their defense. Um, to have a chance in this game. And if the way Montreal's defense played last week, they, uh, you know, do it again in, in this, I think it could be huge for them. And a big part of that that really helped Montreal was near the end of the season 
Um, so last season, uh, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders had Darnell Sankey, who led the league in tackles last year. And he ended up going to the XFL. I believe he actually won with the Arlington Renegades, if I'm not mistaken. I so I believe yeah. he won down there in the XFL. And then he comes back to the CFL at the end of the season and Montreal brings him in. And that's a huge difference maker to bring in near the end of the season and have him there in, in their playoff run. So it's tough because Winnipeg's offense, we know, is is just dynamic and, and it can easily um, win them games and Grey Cups over and over again. So it's, it's going to be tough for Montreal, um, their defense, but I do see a, a world where they, they can uh, make it tough for, for Winnipeg's offense. Now, when we spoke last uh, earlier this week, oh, we're consistent. When we spoke on Tuesday, you were taken as just kind of that preliminary peg. You had the uh, Alouettes plus 10 as kind of your, your early on feelers pick. Has that moved now that the line is shifted? Are you still willing to take that Alouettes plus eight and a half? Or has that maybe shifted your opinion a little bit on where we're riding? Um, I, I really do still have faith within uh, Montreal. I, I do, th- again, like I said last time, I still do think that Winnipeg probably does win this game. Um, but I can I can see Montreal keeping this like a close game. And one of the things that I really enjoy as opposed to the NFL is with the CFL, it's not if you get like a first down or whatever in the final two minutes, you can just keep uh, kneeling and, and run the clock out. In the CFL, it's like it, the, you can punt the ball back to the other team with like a minute and a half left, and you could still get the ball back with like 50 to 45 seconds left. So it, I feel like with that, I feel like Montreal can actually keep this a really close game and keep it down to that kind of final you know, two, three minutes where every possession is key of just trying to just slowly move down the field and run out that clock, but not turn the ball over. And I, th- I think, again, it's just going to be on the backs of Montreal's defense, really. Now, it does kind of sound like from what you've been saying, right? The key to success for Winnipeg is that high flying offense is getting those big plays down the field. The key to Montreal is shutting that down as a, their their strength is their defense. Do you think, yeah. as we've talked about that David and Goliath situation, if we see a few key turnovers for the Montreal side, is there an opportunity where they are able to take away that momentum, kind of stop Winnipeg in their tracks, and then allow for Fajardo to kind of take it from there, and could this be his big game? I I can definitely see that, and I've I've... I mean, I just keep kind of talking about Montreal's defense, but Winnipeg also has a a very good defense as well. And that's kind of my biggest worry is if Winnipeg's defense comes out and just completely stops Montreal's offense and can't let them do anything, that just means it's going to be more and more that Montreal's defense is out there and getting tired. So I really do think a, a big part of it is maybe some, you know, big plays on defense or key turnovers to kind of help generate some momentum for that offense because like Montreal's offense is up. Uh, they're in a tough position going into this game. So everything that can go right for them and help um, just help them find that next level, I think is going to be super important at any point in the game, whether it's early on or, or later in the game. Now I'll, I will look it up, but going into this, are there any key injuries going into the gray cup that may make a significant difference? Um, I haven't, I'm not exactly sure currently what injuries are, are confirmed or if anyone's, um, like if anyone's ruled out already, I haven't heard of anything like that. Um, let me see here. If uh, I'm just looking up the Thursday injury report from, uh, sports illustrated, their CFL line. So, um, Winnipeg Blue Bombers remain the more banged up team going into the Grey Cup, although they did get, uh, I believe, their defensive lineman Jackson Jeffcoat back into the workouts 
as he was a full participant. That's huge. That's huge. Yeah, well, could that be a difference maker for Winnipeg going into this game, having him back 100%. on the defense? 100%. Yeah. Now, he hasn't played since October 21st. Could you see, could there be a potential ring rust situation? Or because for I a think great more cup, like, than you're not waiting till you're fully recovered. If you can get back in the game, you're going to get back in the game. So could we see him exactly. performing at 50%? And and him maybe not being able to be the difference maker that may he he has been earlier in the season when he was healthy. Yeah, that's that's a big part of it is when you've got a guy come back from an injury. I mean, I'm not sure exactly what the full nature again with the full nature of his injuries and whatnot. Um, but I think even getting him back at fifty percent is better than not having him out there. And like you said, like it's the Grey Cup, like the final game of the season. You've got a whole offseason coming up, so you're not going to, you know, sit out or anything. If you're at least capable of playing and you know you can still help your team out there, any player is going to be like, yeah, I'm I'm ready to go and get back in there. So Now, um... I do think it'll be that'll be a big, that's huge for, for Winnipeg, even if they can get him at 50%. So we have talked a lot about the Winnipeg offense being a difference maker in this game. Now, uh, a few key wide receivers, well, I don't know if they're key wide receivers, I'll be curious to hear, hear this from you, did not practice on Wednesday. Having Dalton Schoen, Nick Demensky, or Demsky, and Rashad Bailey um, not practicing, those are three wide receivers not practicing on Thursday. Could their potential absence, we never know for Friday, and maybe they've just been kept on ice to, again, have that 50%. Could those three guys being out play a significant role in that offensive powerhouse that is the Blue Bombers? Well, I mean, uh, this season alone, Dalton Schoen and Nick Dembski led the team in uh, receiving yards. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, that that's huge for Winnipeg if... Uh, if one or potentially both aren't able to suit up and play in that game, that's a huge blow to their, their offense. I mean, they still have other, you know, fantastic receivers and good running backs that they can work with. But if you lose your top two receivers, like that makes it, that makes it a lot tougher because now you've got your guys who, you know, are, are still good receivers, but now they're going up against Montreal's top guys. And you know, that can, that can be tough. So Schoen but it does was, help Winnipeg that they have they have good depth. Like they've got a lot of good pieces. So even if one of those two isn't able to play, I think they're still going to be um, able to at least still put up points and be somewhat consistent. It might not just be at the level that it kind of was throughout the the course of the regular season. So Schoen was uh, considered a game day decision in the West Division final. So. It, you, one yeah. could believe that they've just kind of kept him on ice to make sure that he's ready for the Grey Cup, so I wouldn't be shocked if we see him practicing tomorrow. That being said, there's not hasn't been much word on Dembski as far as I can see here, so I wonder if, even if, they will only have that one receiver with that potentially being at a 50% or at a limited capacity, seeing as how he hasn't practiced. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, again, that's that's a huge thing. Is just the again the level of um, uh, that you're going to get out of those players, whether it's again if they can come back and be 100 percent or maybe 50 percent or 30 percent, and they're only used, you know, in certain key situations. It's it's tough to say, but those are a lot of big focus on going up until on kind of where um, where these teams are going to be at going in. Now, it seems, I'm just kind of reading more into it here, the Alouettes have had several players report uh, listed with injuries, but they were full participants for the second straight day on Thursday. So they were participating on Wednesday, participating on Thursday. That Which does include two offensive linemen, a defensive back, a wide receiver, and a defensive lineman. Now, on Thursday, they added two more players to that injury report, being defensive lineman Sean Lemon, and offensive lineman Nick Callender. Now, with uh, Sean Lemon, he is reported with an illness, so one could maybe assume that it's just 
he's ta- like he will still be able to play on that Sunday Grey Cup. Yeah, that that would be my guess. But what the, what the hell do I know, right? Uh, more than me. I'm just here so, for, for good vibes and good football. Good vibes, good football. Your cute face. <laughs> what what were you gonna say? I was, I was gonna say you're cute. I was gonna say you're a good looking man. You're a handsome fella. Well, I appreciate it. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah. Anytime, big shooter. Um, so kind of your, I think your we're... thoughts going into the game, though. What way are you kind of leaning, or what? What do you think? I'm leaning with my ball sack. I'll be honest. There's that whispering devil on my shoulder that says, "Just throw down a greasy Alouette's money line. Don't even worry about the spread. Take that plus two sixty underdog and take it to the bank." Whoa, whoa, whoa. Now, is that the smart move? No. Is that the move we're probably going to do? Maybe. Who knows? It might. We get silly here. We get a little wild. We get quirky. Um, But I think based off what I'm kind of seeing from the injury reports and kind of what we've been talking about, my confidence does sway a little bit towards the Alouettes going into this game, even because, um, what, Panthers, Florida Panthers won the cup last year, right? No. Fuck. <laughs> okay, I'll use a different one. The the New York Giants, as much as I hate bringing it up, the David can beat the Goliath sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I do wonder if we could see a potential upset. I do think that plus eight and a half is a safe bet. It's interesting to see that it was bumped down from that original plus 10 underdog, seeing that the line has moved a point and a half, which doesn't seem like much, but is significant when you do think about it. Yeah, well, especially in the CFL where if you punt the ball and it's it's in the end zone, you get a point. Or if you go for a field goal and you miss, but it still goes through the end zone, you get one point, you get those singles. And that's... That's so that's huge in the CFL because those little single points can add up and uh, come out of nowhere. Like, say a team uh, is going for a field goal right at the end and they miss, there's still one point that that team gets. So, that's it is kind of significant, actually. We could see it being the difference maker. So, yeah, with, with that, it is Imagine interesting a to see that in the game. I would. Come it's like probably. tied up, goes for like a 60-yard field goal at the end of the game, just boots it through the end zone. Yeah, at that point, don't Went even off worry about it. Like, yeah. yeah, literally, it's just kick it as hard as you can. Yeah, take your shoe with it, man. Who cares? Yeah. Game's over. Kick but, it through the fields. I, I, I'm honestly not even against like riding with Montreal. Because so I'm, I'm always curious to see if how people think about it. Do you think it's a situation where it's kind of like, again, all the pressures kind of on Winnipeg and there's not as much pressure on Montreal to win. Definitely. Cause kind of like Definitely. Montreal is just going in. It's like, realistically, there's probably at least one person within that organization anywhere. That's like, we sh- I can't believe we're actually here. Like, I can't Seeing believe how they we, 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 we got to the, yeah. Not only that, even Hamilton, which has been, or an up and down team, but uh, no, that like Hamilton, and then they beat. Um, or no, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I yeah. Said it was Alouette originally. Yeah. Oh yeah. And and so yeah, I mean, I think it's a kind of a position where there's not all that pressure from even just the fan base and whatnot for Montreal to go out there and win, even if Montreal keeps it to say a three point game. Like that's huge for them because this Winnipeg team has been dominant for so long. Like this is their fourth straight year going to the the Grey Cup. They won two in a row. They lost last year right at the end of the game. They it pretty much seemed like they were gonna win and win three years in a row. So it's kind now, of like this- I wonder what kind of how Montreal kind of handles this going in. This is a little tougher in the CFL to kind of use this ideology because there are less teams. But they always yeah. talk about, it's it's talked about in the NFL and a little bit in the UFC, that when you become the reigning champ, 
everyone is game planning for you throughout the whole season. Yeah. Right? Like when the Patriots or even the Chiefs at this point, like they say when you go back to back, that second win is harder because that team has had more film on you and has been expecting you more or less that whole year. Yeah. As as is with the champ in the UFC, right? If you're the if you're if you're holding that belt, everyone's looking at how can I beat you? They're yeah, not maybe worried about for, that. For your weaknesses to expose you. Yeah. And so like if you have a situation where like let's say you're a fifth ranked guy going up against a seventh ranked guy, you may not have been game planning about him until you have that matchup. And then of course you work with your team, you game plan, do all that things. But you are always having your eye on the champ with the expectation that I want to fight there. If someone drops out, I want to take that last minute fight. Everyone's always focusing on how to beat the champ. So I yeah. think there is a little bit of that piece. And again, I, I get it's different with the CFL just because there are less teams. So you can game plan against everyone. I think you play everyone more often. Yeah. But there is a bit of a situation there where, you know, if you're if you're the Alouettes and and you were thinking, you know, maybe we have a great cup chance this year or even at the start of the year, whoever, whoever's in that front office, you have now seen Winnipeg three times in the great cup. You have all of that film. Yes, every team's different every year, but you have three years worth of great cup film to go off on the Blue Bombers. Now, I don't think it's it's that much game planning going into it because they do play each other more often, but there is that situation where you could say, potentially the Blue Bombers were game planning against the Argonauts. They were potentially expecting the Argonauts. Now they are facing the Alouettes. Does that does that play a little differently where the Alouettes were, you could, you could make the argument, always expecting the Blue Bombers? Mm-hmm. So I don't. Yeah, and I mean, so just to kind of uh, clear a couple things up. So they uh, Montreal and Winnipeg played each other in Week Four this season, with Winnipeg winning that game seventeen to three, and then they played again in Week Twelve, which Winnipeg won that game forty seven seventeen. And Wolf. another notable thing, though, that I think is kind of important is dating back to week 16, the Montreal Alouettes went on a five-game win streak to end the season and then have now rolled through the first two rounds of the playoffs winning. So they've, they've won seven in a row now. Which, I mean, they're not... They, I mean, I can't even say they were necessarily against bad teams. Like Calgary was a, a playoff team. I mean, Ottawa, okay, sure. But Edmonton, which was starting to heat up more and more as the season progressed Hamilton to end the season and then beating Hamilton again, the first round, and then knocking off, off Toronto. So that yeah, is kind of huge for love them. Those pre-season, I don't love those mid season stats getting beat 47 to 17. It's not great. I tried That's to not a great argument for like, the defense. Off. That's not a great argument for the defense right there. But think about it, that's also that was August twenty fourth, and you could say since then there have been some injuries. Yeah. Do you have specific game stats for those games? I'd be curious to see how much um, Shonen and Dembski made a difference in those games. So here's so here's the funny thing. So in that game, went the the forty seven seventeen, and that's the more recent games so cody fajardo uh went 14 for 25 137 passing yards no touchdowns no interceptions and then their backup davis alexander went one for two uh five yards no touchdowns one interception oof there really wasn't much um from it like rushing like they're uh, the running back stand back. He had eight rushes for 32 yards. So not great. Zach Kalars for Winnipeg. He went 16 for 24 through for 240 yards, four touchdowns, oh. but three interceptions. 
So he threw for four more touchdowns than Fajardo did. But he also threw three more interceptions than Fajardo did. But that then tells me that they're, the... They're, oh, sorry. Oh, and then just their running back, uh, Brady Oliver, 18 rushes, 119 yards, uh, one touchdown. So... Okay, how, and then, how did Sean and Dembski do in that game? Dembski had five receptions for 87 yards. He also had one rush for 21 yards. And then Schoen had four receptions for 48 yards. So they didn't take over the game, those two guys, in, uh, or anything. A lot of it was kind of done through. It really kind of looks like the run for, for Winnipeg. Because, well, yeah, sure, Kolaris had four uh, passing touchdowns, but he did have four interceptions. And that's uh, in that game, actually, Montreal only had 17 points. They had one field goal, and they had two pick sixes. Yeah, so again, that like, Montreal's me. defense can, uh, I mean, again, this is, uh, you know, a couple months ago, but they did kind of have Winnipeg's number there and put up 14 points on him. It really comes down to Montreal's offense wasn't able to capitalize. Uh, yeah. Like, it, like two of those were pick sixes, but even the third one, Montreal wasn't able to capitalize um, on it. So, yeah, I mean, that's again, that's just really what it that's what tough. it comes down to. Uh, I, I, again, I think Winnipeg's going to be more inclined to run the ball more, um, and they're going to try and stay away from those, you know, interceptions, pick sixes, because those can be a huge turning point in a game, especially in the great cup of all games. So really it's just, what do we feel about uh, Montreal's offense? Well, now I'm not feeling as good about it. I'll be honest. How did they do in the last five games? Did the offense come to play like they did? I know, I know the defense did shut down the Argonauts quite a bit. Um, um, to wrap up the season, they beat they put up 28 points on Calgary, 32 and then 29 against Ottawa, 35 against Edmonton, 22 against Hamilton, and then 27 points against Hamilton again and then 38 against uh, Toronto. Again, if, yeah, obviously a couple uh, defensive or special team uh, points there and whatnot, but like they, they're still able to, to put up points. Yeah, okay. Well, so here here is something to take into consideration. Against that huge win against the Argonauts uh, in the playoffs, Fajardo only threw 18 for 25 with 175 yards, one tug, but one interception. And then against the win in the playoffs against the Ticats, again, Fajardo threw for 15 for 23, 212 yards, much better, two touchdowns, but again, one interception. Yeah, I think we're going to see a lot of turnovers in this game. I like I really do. I can, well I can, good. I can easily see it going back to. Um, I, was pro- I don't know. If, I think it was well, Saskatchewan didn't make playoffs last Ouch. year because they suck. So it would have been the year before that. So three years ago, um, their game against Calgary was just like it was just back and forth, like turnover, turnover. Like it was insane. The defenses were. We're just picking apart these offenses that couldn't put it together. And I think that's very similar to what we might end up seeing is a lot of turnovers. And really, it's going to come down to who wins those battles, who can capitalize the most off of them. Yeah, so even in the wins, this is an interesting kind of stat line to look at. Even in the wins against their second win against the October 9th win against the Red Blacks, the win against the Elks, and then the playoff win against the Tiger Cats and the playoff win against the Argonauts, not the regular season, but four out of the last five games, Fajardo has thrown an interception. Yeah, which he's that's very common for him. That's that's nothing new. Um, and that could be a momentum killer for an already not momentous offense. Yeah, and another big thing is you got to think like this isn't when like this is Winnipeg's fourth year in a row going all the way to the Grey Cup game. They know very well now because they've still got a big chunk of that team that's stuck together. They know how to capitalize on those plays. If there's a yeah. big turnover, something, and say 
a big like strip on Fajardo and fumble recovery or an interception or something, Winnipeg's going to, I think, do better at capitalizing. Or they're going to – they're because they, they, they're experienced. They have that um, just experience of, of being in those games and doing that, whereas Montreal – we haven't seen them come this far in a little while. So, and it's a lot of, uh, yeah. I mean, I think that's just a really big factor that also goes in Winnipeg's favor. Yeah. I, um, the more I think about it, it's like, it's tough now. Cause like, I, I want to go with the underdog, but like, if I actually had to be like, who's going to win, it's probably, I'm kind of more so leaning towards Winnipeg. After going over again, these stats, I'm leaning back towards Winnipeg, and I'm I'm even in fact leaning towards them covering that eight and a half point spread. I think the line moving may have done us a favor in disguise. But the underdog factor. But the underdog factor. So what do we want to take? <laughs> do we want to take Alouettes plus eight and a half? And Here's what I'll say. What's more likely? We're going to go over this one, okay? What's more likely? I really think Winnipeg fucking picks them apart. I, I, do you think they cover the spread? I think they, but Montreal's game planning form all season. (laughs) We suck at placing bets. All right. So now I'm going to go into a different question. I'm going to go to a different question, okay? Okay. What's more likely that Fajardo shows up to play big time and then it's on an offensive duel or that it's a defensive lockdown both sides? I, I really do think it's more likely that Fajardo. I think Fajardo's capable of, of winning this game. Well, I that, think back that's to not when what he, when I was played... asking. Okay, what was the Fajardo one again? What's more likely? Yeah. That Fajardo comes to play, and regardless of who wins, that is just a high-flying offensive game or that it's a lockdown defensive game? Let, let, let's, let's, more... ignore, let's ignore the winners and the losers right now. The over-under is set at 47. Let's focus on that. I think the defense, it's more likely for the defenses to lock down both both sides rather than it being a high-flying offensive game. So could you see it going, taking the under of 47? I think probably still the over. Yeah, I agree. Because like I probably do do see... You know, probably a, at least a pick six from one of the two teams, potentially both. Like that's that's very very possible. Um, I would say yeah, I would probably still go with the over. Hit the over. All right, what's your? You tell me your yeah. prediction. I'm gonna tell you mine. What's yours? I I'm gonna go with ah. Uh, I'm going to go with Montreal at, at the, the eight and a half. I was leaning towards the Bombers. But you know what? Where are you? You know what? Here's what I'm going to say. The underdog factor. The underdog factor. You're the CFL guy. And on top of that, on tippity-tippity top of that, Winnipeg does have some injuries. Yeah. So Alouettes plus eight and a half. Fuck that line moving. I was so confident with the plus 10, but the plus eight and a half is fucking with me. I'm, I'm confident in it. All right. I, I, I really do think that, that if those injuries, what they're looking like right now, kind of stand or are at least somewhere in that area that we kind of think, I think that could be huge for Montreal. And I'm really just you know, Montreal's defense to kind of be the biggest difference maker. All right. Because in the last, in the last four games, they've scored 38, 27, 22, and 35, 29 previously, 32 previously, 28 previously, 
So they have shown that they can score over 25 points and you need each team scoring about 24 to cover that over. Yeah. So Alouette's plus eight and a half with the over. Is that is that the PGO Grey Cup parlay? Is that the big one? Is that what we're sticking with? Is that what we're That's doing? What is feeling. that what we're doing what over here? That's what I'm feeling. That's what I'm feeling. Parlay royalty, remember? Parlay royalty, baby. Parlay royalty. Am I confident in it? Not 100%, but do I think that's are the most about kind of realistic 80%? one? I, I do think so. Yeah, Not probably. 100%. What about like, 80%? Yeah. 70? 75? No, I feel like 80 is good. 85? Nah, just 80. <laughs> See, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm putting a lot i'm putting a lot into montreal's defense i will say that i think we're putting a lot into Fajardo over here yeah he's gonna he's gonna have a watch he'll, he'll have like just the m- most insane game of his career if he cooks i'm gonna be very happy he might i'm not gonna to say he will <laughs> but he might all right, that bet is played, folks. Over 47, Montreal, plus eight and a half. That is your PGO parlay for the Grey Cup, folks. We would love to, if you are watching the Grey Cup, take a picture, take a picture of your jersey, what attire you are wearing to watch the Grey Cup. Tag PGO, put it on your story, put it on your Twitter, on your X, on your TikTok, on your Instagram, and we would love for you to tag PGO in that We would love to see it. We'll repost it, and we want to hear what your predictions are. So send us a DM, and we will get back to you. Nice. Tell us if you're riding along with this parlay. Are you you guys riding? What do you guys think? We want to hear in the comments. We don't have comments, but we want to hear in the DMs, in the direct messages. Are you riding with this? Are you riding with us? Do you still like us? Are you still listening, or have you tuned out already? Folks, let's get into a little bit of NFL action. This has been a most this has been a CFL heavy episode. Let me tell you that it much. Has been. Has been. But we haven't done one of those in a while, and I think we covered it well. We did. I think we actually we covered that very well. Well, it's the Grey Cup, so we gotta cover it. Yeah. We gotta give it the due. We gotta give it its due. Yeah. So right now the Ravens are over the Baltimore or Ravens are beating <laughs> the Bengals 14-10 at the there. moment. They're looking strong. Burrow is looking like Mac Jones out there, folks. All right, getting into the week. We got starting off big Sunday football with the Cardinals taking on the Texans. Brandon, I would love to hear your thoughts. We got the reinvented Arizona Cardinals. Kyler Murray is back and is in his prime self. He is looking like the quarterback that was drafted so early. He is looking like the man, but he is up against the new man. Mr. C.J. Stroud, how are we seeing this game swing? Is it going to be a defensive matchup? Currently, the Cardinals are the underdog with a five-point spread on the game and an over-under being set at 49. What are we feeling about that? Can Texans cover five? Is the Cardinals plus five the smart, safe pick? Or can Cardinals take it money line? What are you feeling? What are your thoughts? I think this is going to be a, I think this is going to be a very high-scoring game. I think both offenses are are really going to uh, just come out balling. Probably, I still, I mean, as good as the Cardinals looked last week in the return of Kyler and all that, this Texans team has just looked so good uh, throughout the course season. Like, I don't think anyone expected them to be in the position they're in right now with a five and four record. But this team just keeps going, and it, it, it really comes down from you know, the coaching staff all the way through to their players and with a rookie quarterback that's showing no signs of slowing down so far this season and putting up these incredible stats. I think it's hard not to to take the Texans, honestly. Texans money line. I like it. I want to stay away from this one. We got the Steelers taking on the Browns uh, with Deshaun Watson being ruled out for the rest of the season. Yeah, he will be going undergoing shoulder surgery and I believe has a high ankle sprain. I don't know if that will require surgery as well. Huge blow for the Browns, especially last game as he was showing prime to Sean Watson. He kind of seemed back at it. Now, 
despite Watson being out, it is still a tight game with the Browns coming in as the slight minus one favorite over the Pittsburgh Steelers. How are you feeling about that? Personally, I want to stay away from it, but give me your quick predictions. I mean, I'm shocked that both teams are six and three, to be honest. Yeah. But again, I think think what both teams really comes down to Pittsburgh's offense isn't very good at all. Like it's literally their defense. And I think it's very similar to Cleveland. Like this could be one of the lowest scoring games. Like take the under folks. I think you should slam the under. Now that being said, yeah, I have it at 33. So that's a very low over under. (laughs) Yeah. All things considered, that is each team is under pretty much 16 points on the night. That is impressive, let me tell you that much. Um, That's very possible. Yeah, I think it's going to be a defensive showdown. I I want to give, and I think this is why the bookies are giving the slight edge. Um, or no, I want to give the slight edge actually to Pittsburgh simply because they have their original quarterback. You're not putting in a backup. Yeah. And I think Pittsburgh has been showing improvements with, um, there was a lot of slander on Matt Canada earlier in the year. I think with him coming down to the sidelines, he's now on the field, if I'm not mistaken, during these games. I think that does factor in a major difference. Yeah. I completely agree. I'm If, if I was to pick a team going this one, I would take Pittsburgh, I think. Yeah? Yeah. I just, again, like... You know, I, I don't think it really, like like you said, that Pittsburgh has their quarterback. Cleveland doesn't. I think even with Deshaun Watson, I think they probably still lose. Uh, really? This Pittsburgh, this Pittsburgh, yeah. I mean, he hasn't been very good this season. Like He was amazing yeah, last last week. Yeah, but but that's, I mean, it's it's one game. Yeah, but he's been injured all season pretty much. Oh, now he's injured again. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm just Good point, folks. again. It's just this Pittsburgh team. I keep thinking like, there's no way they can keep winning. There's no way, and they just keep doing it. Like, I would not have thought they would be a six and three team going into week eleven, but here we are. Because again, regardless of what their offense does, their defense is just outstanding. Do we want to ride with the Steelers? I originally said I want to stay away from it, but do we do we change our minds? Do we want to take, is that our underdog of the week? Very slight underdog, but still, is that our underdog of the week? I would. I'm confident. Right. In, in, but the Steelers well, on there, folks. I'm comfortable, comfortable going with that. Hey, in the great words of AB, whole lot of money, baby. All right, we got the Dolphins exactly. taking on the Ragers. I think that's a bit of a no-brainer. The Dolphins are a minus 13.5 favorite, a minus 900 favorite on the money line. I don't think there's much of a matchup here. I think with uh, all the shakeup that's been going on in Las Vegas, I think they're pretty much looking to get into a new rebuild year, which is a shame to see. I know there's a lot of players passionate on that team, um, like Adams and Crosby, but I think with with what's going on there, going up against a Miami Dolphins team, I don't think there's going to be much of a battle there. Plus, I think if you're the Dolphins, you are probably expecting in game planning for a desperation-hungry Raiders team. Like, I don't think they're going in there thinking, oh, they're shaking up. I think they're going in there going, you know, they got a new coach, they're getting new looks, they're going to be dangerous. So I think there won't be that caught by surprise factor. I think this is a game the Dolphins can easily win. Yeah, I 100% agree. Uh, Going into the Jacksonville Jaguars, Titans. I'm staying away from this one personally. Um, I think both teams have been pretty wildly inconsistent. Inconsistent. And how about the Titans now? New new quarterback taking the reins. Ryan Tannehill's kind of uh, probably, I would almost kind of say, kind of done there now. Yeah, so Um, who's the QB currently? uh, Will Levis now has taken over. Okay has just been putting in work. He's, I mean, he's, he's, he's their guy now going up against the Jaguars and Trevor Lawrence, which I mean, I was, I was kind of high on this team and I mean, again, coming off a bye week in week nine, going into week 10 against the 49ers and they get just stomped 34 to three. Like, 
it's tough. I don't I don't know if you can be confident in in the Jaguars in this game. I think there's a very good chance that the Titans could. I mean, it, Jacksonville's the very heavy favorite, but I don't think it it's they're that much of a favorite in this one. And the bookies must know something we don't because I think a seven-point spread is ridiculous for this kind of game. I'm almost inclined to take the Titans plus seven in that matchup. Take them with the points. I don't know if I trust them on the money line, but I could very easily be convinced to take them on the points. Yeah. But we'll stay away from that. Yeah, yeah. Just just in case. Um, Commanders-Giants, again... I kind of want to stay away from this commanders with their quarterback leading the league in passing yards, but I don't think that team has really shown much to back that up. I think they're, they're weak in the defense this year for the commanders. And it's I think the they're an inconsistent the bat. fucking bad. Yeah. Do we, do we take, do we take the commanders purely on hatred for the giants? Well, and it's like, who's like the giants quarterback. Is that uh, Tommy DeVito still lives in his parents' basement? That's cute. And then Saquon Barkley's questionable. Like, he was Are you riding Commanders today. this week? I'm, I'm riding Commanders. All right, let's add him to the parlay, baby. Like, I'm, I'm, yeah. I mean, they, they beat, um, I mean, going back to week seven, they lost to the Giants only 14 to seven. But then they lose to the Eagles 38-31 in a game where it kind of looked like Washington could win this game. Uh, they beat the Patriots 20 to 17. Oh, no. And then just last week they lost to the Seahawks 29, 26. So yeah, I, I would go with Washington, especially just looking at the situation the giants are in with the roster going into this week. I think Washington's kind of, kind of a safe pick who are a very heavy favorite. I might add. You heard it here, folks. Yeah. Let's, let's quickly blow through. We got a couple more favorites on the spread on the books here. We got the Cowboys taking on the Panthers. I think that's a no-brainer for the Cowboys. That's a, yeah, that's easy. Lions and Bears, I want to say no-namer, uh, no, no-brainer for the Lions. Yeah. Um, Packers, Chargers, going to be a tight one. I want to edge towards the Chargers, but I think we're building a pretty good parlay so far, so I almost want to kind of keep keep my feet away from yeah. that one. Minnesota and LA are kind of the, the parlay killers for us. They really are. Um, we got San Those Fran taking on the Buccaneers. San Fran is a minus 11.5, minus 700 favorite on the money line. Uh, I think you got to ride to San Fran on that one. Yeah. Um, I would almost take he, the Buccaneers with the plus. Plus 11? 11.5. No? I, All right. I think, if, you're, if, you're, I think if you're not confident, then we won't. I think the 49ers defense is too good. I think that's where it's going to play into it. You know what? Yeah, especially with with Chase Young now, also in there like this. Yeah, and you know what they did? I mean, they did hold the Jaguars to three points, yeah. and they're the Jaguars' offense is better than the Bucks. Okay, yeah, no, good call. You talked me out of it. Thank you. Hey, that's what I'm here for, folks. Um, moving down the line, we got the Seahawks Rams. That's going to be a tight one. Seahawks with a minus one. Uh favorite going into that game Stafford I believe is out for the season if I'm not mistaken uh, um, I believe so I don't know if he's out for the season but I know he, I know he, he is out right now I don't know who that Rams have in the makings but I think the Seahawks have been an up and down team and the Rams still have that core around them especially offensively that yeah. I, I personally want to stay away from that one Bills Jets woo 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 I think the Bills should be hungry to get that loss back from earlier in the year. That being said, Allen has been looking atrocious. Now, Zach Wilson has not been looking that much better, but boy, howdy. And we know that the Jets have a good defense. Pardon? Oh, I'm just wondering, like, when do we see Aaron Rodgers come back? Mid-December. Oh, is, is is that the confirmed date? No, that's nuts. That he's coming back because they. But that's what that's people are thing. saying. Like, they just, they just need a quarterback. Like if the, honestly, I would if the Jets had even. I, I don't even want. I can't even say anymore. Like a middle of the guy like Kirk Cousins because Kirk Cousins is top ten. 
Big Kirko. Like even just even just like a a Josh a Dobbs. Twelve to sixteen quarterback. Yeah, Josh Dobbs. I I would take them over the Bills. Like if, if they had a Josh Dobbs, a, a Gardner Minshew, I would take the Jets in this game. But Zach Wilson has just been I mean, he had one game where he just went, he just popped off and uh, that, that, that like that Chiefs game and everybody kind of was like, okay, I respect him now. Like I'm starting to rally with him. And then he's just, he's been the definition of mid. So it, yeah. it's tough because I mean, yeah, but I mean, he, Hey, he did come in and he did knock the bills off in, in week one. So like the thing is, is like he, he can do it again. I'm just not confident in I, that I he don't can think do you it will. a second time. I don't think he will. You think the Bills come um, out flying? I really think they do. I could see the Bills walking away with this one easily. Ask yeah. me if I'm nervous to, to, to bet on them, though. Are you nervous to bet on them? Super fucking nervous. Yeah, I, I'm more confident. I'm more happy to just stay away from it. Yeah, and I think going in, I don't even want to touch Vikings-Broncos. I think that's a coin flip of a game. Vikings are the plus two and a half underdog going into that game. And I don't blame anyone. That being said, I think Josh Dobbs is blending in beautifully with that system in Minnesota. I I think Minnesota could be a, a very dark horse contender with Josh Dobbs at the helm here. That being said, I think it is still too young to risk our whole parlay on it. And folks, we say this every week, but I think we got a winning parlay on our hands. We got the Houston Texans, Pittsburgh Steelers, Miami Dolphins, Commanders, Cowboys, Lions, and 49ers, folks. Yeah. I think that's the parlay right there. I think that's the parlizzle. I don't think we're going to have anything out before. And so let's just give a little bit of love to the Monday night game. Just kind of talk about it a bit, which is kind of a big one. The Super Bowl rematch, uh, Eagles and Chiefs. Like that's going to be a... Could you imagine if the NFL threw this one on for the Sunday night game when the Grey Cup was on? I mean, thankfully, at least with the Grey Cup, um, like the Grey Cup starts uh, like two hours before Sunday night football. So they're not really competing much. It's just probably just kind of the tail end of the Grey Cup game. But... Like that's gonna be it. That's a huge game, Eagles and Chiefs, and it's honestly What's really Jalen Hurts hasn't been looking great this season. I think a lot of people kind of get blinded a bit by the fact that he just gets his ass grabbed and pushed by his teammates in constantly. Like he hasn't been this elite, you know, top two, top three quarterback like people are saying. But even Mahomes hasn't hasn't been. Like, what's he got on the year? Like, eight interceptions or something? And people are still saying he's kind of the front-runner for MVP when I think you kind of got to look at a guy like like Jared Goff right now. It's kind of who I would think. I think you got to be looking be at a guy like about. CJ Stroud. Yeah. If, if, if the Texans... Yeah. If, I think a lot of it will depend if the Texans make the playoffs. Or Sam Howell. Yeah. But I, I, I do think that the Chiefs probably win just because, again, it's Patrick Mahomes. He just finds a way to win these games. They got the Taylor Swift effect behind them. So I would, I would still take the Chiefs in this one. But I wouldn't be surprised if the Eagles uh, walk away with it. Friendly better. You taking the Chiefs? I'll take the Eagles just as a little friendly wager. Yeah, let's do it. Why not, right? All right. We'll shake hands on it. Shake, shake. There. We shook hands on it. Um, you shook my hand, right? I shook your hand. Did you shake yeah. my hand? Okay. Perfect. Right, we're good. Um, sounds good, folks. So do we want to do we want to solidify that parlay and get into a little bit of clown action? We're wrapping up. We're coming towards Let's the end of the it. episode here. Oh, all right, uh, folks. So- Joe Burrow got injured. He's injured oh, in uh, fuck. the game. Apparently he's unable to throw. Dude, and at halftime, the Ravens game. are now up 21 to 10. Oh, my head hurts. All right, folks, forget that. Don't even worry about it, baby. We got the Texans, Steelers, Dolphins, Commanders, Cowboys, Lions, 49ers. That's right. 
We got Houston, Pittsburgh, Miami, Washington, Dallas, Detroit, San Francisco. That's going to give you a plus 549 odds, and you lay that down, baby. You're going to be winning all day to the bank. That is a not guaranteed. PGO guarantee for legal reasons. That is a joke. We do not guarantee everything and anything, and we are not responsible for how much money you lose. Yeah. Would you say that's fair? I, I would agree with that. I would agree All with right. you on that for sure. Clown let news. Just, what do you got for let us? Let me lock that in. Let me lock it in real quick. All right. Yeah. Do, no, do your thing. Before oh. we jump to the clown news, folks, um, like we said earlier, if you had a go- if you're watching the Grey Cup this weekend, or if you have a parlay of your own, whether it be NFL, CFL, NHL, UFC, NBA, MLB, that season's over. Whether it be soccer, rugby, anything, anything, tennis, table tennis, checkers. If you got a parlay, folks, we want to hear about it. If you're watching a game, we want to hear about it. If you are doing anything related to sports, we want to hear about it. And the way we want to hear about it is we want you to post it on social media, take a picture, make a post, and tag PGO in that picture or post. And we, you can tag us on Instagram and TikTok at PGO Show, on Twitter or X at PG Overtime and on YouTube at Post Game Overtime, Post Game One Word. You click the links in the bios, and that's going to get you to all of the other social medias. Also, in that link in the bio is a link to our good friends and partners. Dubby Energy. Dubby Energy is the jitter-free, crash-free energy formula that we love, you love, and you need in your life. That's going to get you the energy you need without the crash you don't. And if you want to try Dubby for yourself at home, you just use the links in our bio, head over to the store, and use the code PGO. That's right, folks. Three simple letters, P-G-N-O. That's going to get you 10% off at checkout at Dubby Energy. Use the link in our bio. And send us a picture when you buy it, folks. Let's get into some clown action. Let's do it. What do you got? What for do you us? got? I, what do I have. Well, see, this is the issue with us being being consistent. Is consistent. we kind of uh, kind of don't have much um, that quickly. One that I will throw out just because it's kind of tough, um, and something we don't talk about a lot. Um, junior hockey over in the OHL as of tonight. Uh, the Windsor Spitfires, after the first period, were losing 8-3 to three against uh, Owen Sound. So that's kind of, you're down 8-3 after the, the first period. Yeah, you're probably going to be on the clown report. Oh, the final score ended up being 12-3. to three. So that is, uh, that's a tough one. That'll earn you a well-deserved spot on the clown report for giving up 12 goals. Because the San Jose Sharks only allowed 10. That's what I got. That's really all I Lucky got. Lucky you, Sharks fans. You just got saved. Um, like there's, 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 I've been trying to find There's not much. Like, I got one. NCAA is invest. Sorry? Everyone's just been well-behaved lately. Well, not the Michigan Wildcats or Wolverines. I mean, Michigan Wolverines, because the NCAA is investigating Michigan for alleged sign-stealing rule violations. Who? Um, The Big Ten announced that Thursday, the conference said it had informed Michigan State, the Wolverines' opponent this week, and further opponents of the probe, adding that it considers the integrity of competition to be the utmost importance and will continue to monitor the investigation. Michigan is, is accused of using unnamed individual to attend games of scheduled opponents and other potential college football playoff contenders to steal signs used to relay play calls to the booth offensive and defensive units. So that is coming from sportsgossip.com. The most reliable folks. My dad. Most reliable folks. Sportsgossip.com. Yeah, I don't, I don't have any, anyone else been only, only been a couple, couple days. So I'm sure by next week, um, if we if we even upload next week, I don't. Know, we'll see how consistent we remain. But I'm sure come next week there will probably be lots more. Uh, we'll stay clowns consistent. out there for us to talk about. We'll stay consistent. We'll stay consistent. Okay, we'll stay consistent, folks. We, we you love you. Thank you for will. listening. We love you. We love when you listen, and we want to hear from you. Uh, reach out, send us a hug, send us a hello, 
and we will see you next week. That's right, folks. We're staying consistent. See you next week.